Hello, and God bless you. This is Pastor Jeremy, and what a delight uh, that we have today to be with each and every one of you. Uh, we thank the Lord for the opportunity for this brand new day that we have on now. Uh, this is Thursday, May the 21st of 2020, and what a privilege. Uh, we consider it a privilege and honor. Uh, we don't do these podcasts just to do them because we have nothing else to do or just to speak or talk. We do them because we believe we are being, um, we are being, uh, the Lord is, is pushing us to declare the word of the Lord in this hour. And we studied that we began a tremendous, uh, study in the word. On Monday, we began a new series called The Fourth Man in the Fire. And this has been such a, a, a tremendous, uh, teaching from many avenues. Uh, the groundwork that has been said, Brother Marty has been putting that laying down in these last few uh, podcasts. And as we're heading, seeing the similarities uh, in the book of Revelation to the time of Daniel. So I'm excited about the word of God. I'm also uh, happy, uh, as always, to uh, share this um, uh, this time with the panel, uh, Brother Fernando, Brother Marty, and, and my son. I know, uh, Jeremiah, you just uh, finished. Your your finals, right? Your semester. Yes, sir. And uh, I know you're excited to be uh, here uh, together. And it's it's amazing. It's amazing what happens when we come together and study the word. So to all our listeners, let's get ready. Let's have our hearts prepared, and and let us listen to what God wants to tell us today. Brother Marty, I'll leave it here with you today. Well, praise the Lord. It's good to be back again as we go into part four of the fourth man in the fire. We've been uh, on quite a journey this week as we've been exploring the the scriptures concerning the end times, the uh, advent of of the Antichrist and the coming false prophet as revealed in Dan, <laughs> excuse me, in Revelation chapter 13. And the reason that we've been coming from the book of Daniel is because we have been given insights in the book of Daniel and behind-the-scenes look at the kinds of uh, events that will transpire uh, as we head into the coming months and years just ahead. We believe we've, <laughs> we've actually crossed into quite possibly what Jesus referred to in Matthew 24, verse 8, as the beginning of sorrows, and uh, which will be followed um, by what the Bible terms uh, the tribulation and then into the final 42 months of human history known as the Great Tribulation. And so for those of you that are students of Bible prophecy or have heard many teachings on it, one of the things that we we like to emphasize is that the book of Revelation is really the culmination of of, uh, of the scriptures, and it is important to look into the prophets uh, for for keys to unlocking all the symbolism that's in the book of Revelation. And so Daniel is probably the most um, quoted, or at least the parallels that we see in Daniel are, are, are revealed and unlocked at greater depths in the book of Revelation. And so that's why we began studying. But we've, we've been studying it from a different perspective because we've been asking the question, what kind of spiritual quality, what kind of uh, spiritual development in our own lives and in the lives of the end time church must be resident within us. And as we get into today's study, 
hopefully we'll get to the fourth man in the fire because that's where it's headed. There's a fourth man coming in the fire. And we need to understand that, that a fire is exactly what the Bible reveals is laid ahead, not only for the whole world, but also for a brief time for the uh, for the end time church. And that's why it's important for us to look at these stories to understand what we can learn from the from the responses uh, of God's people in these times of crisis, and specifically the prophetic uh, unfolding that's revealed in in the historical stories of, of of the prophets of old. And so yesterday. And we encourage those of you who are just joining us to go back and listen, uh, beginning with Monday's broadcast, which was part one, if you need to catch up. <laughs> but yesterday we talked about uh, Daniel chapter two. It opens in, in verse one, uh, revealing that in the second year of King Nebuchadnezzar, he has a, 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 a prophetic dream. Uh, and we, we talked about uh, why the Bible used uh, the phrase the second year. Uh, and and and, the, and we explained that as being what that was referring to was the second year after Jerusalem had been destroyed, after the temple had been burned to the ground. And I heard one, uh, I forget where I heard it, but they were referencing um, that uh, what had happened was that when when Nebuchadnezzar finally destroyed the temple and destroyed Jerusalem, almost ninety percent of the population of, of Judah had been had been destroyed. Uh, roughly 10% uh, had made it into the captivity. And we talk about the captivity uh, as it relates to our time, uh, because we see the parallels, the metaphors, if you will, in the in, in the prophetic scriptures as we've been discussing uh, these things. And again, I said, like I was telling you, go back and listen to the first three parts and and, and fill in a lot of information I think that'll bless you and, and, and hopefully encourage you to, to do your own uh, studies as well. So when we came to yesterday, Daniel chapter 2, what we were witnessing in Daniel chapter 2, verse 1, is the is the final uh, solidifying of Nebuchadnezzar's power, the great kingdom of Babylon, uh, one of the global empires uh, of the ancient world. And we see in his kingdom uh, a parallel of what would take place in the last days as it's unfolded in the book of revelation by the time we get to daniel chapter 2 what we see is that nebuchadnezzar has finally instituted his 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 reign over his realm the known world of that day the global empire has been established in 18 years as we said it passed and there had been three judgments on jerusalem and like we talked about before in chapter one, we see the first judgment where part of of the of the treasures of God's house was taken and 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 the ruling uh, elite were taken out of Jerusalem and uh, and and also the young children and and young people of the royal houses and and those that were skilled in, in learning and, and had the ability, as the Bible goes on to say, to stand before the king. And there would be uh, two additional incursions that would culminate with the third and final one, which we talked about yesterday, right? When we talked about King Zedekiah and that how God uh, allowed Nebuchadnezzar to finally bring complete judgment, which resulted in Zedekiah's children being slain before his eyes. And then Zedekiah 
uh, himself having his eyes burnt out, placed into chains, and then he himself was carried off into Babylon. And we find that in 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 uh, in, in Second Kings, I think it was chapter twenty-five, verse seven. Uh, so here we are. We 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 explored the second chapter yesterday. Uh, when after the kingdom of Nebuchadnezzar has been settled and it is indeed a global empire, he's given a dream, as we looked at yesterday, in what what can only be turned as the unfolding of the entirety of human history. Because that's the dream that Nebuchadnezzar had, the image that was uh, that was revealed to him in his dream by the prophet Daniel included uh, all the the ensuing global empires that would unfold through human history. But what's interesting, what we talked about yesterday also is that at the conclusion of his dream, he sees a stone, uh, a stone that is cut out of a mountain, not with hands. And the stone comes and it hits that image that he saw in his dream on, on its feet, crushing it into powder and the wind drives it all away. And that stone was a symbol that was given to that to that wicked king Nebuchadnezzar of, of the Lord Jesus Christ. And what was being revealed to him was that at the end of time, this stone would come and do away with all the satanic empires that had unfolded throughout human history. So this tells us that in, in, as it relates to our time, what we can see, what the Bible is, is foreshadowing here is that a global state will emerge, like in the days of Nebuchadnezzar, one that will literally dominate the whole world. And to the people of God and the children of God that are alive at a time in a future generation, uh, as it was revealed then, which we believe is our generation quite possibly now, uh, that would begin to see the emergence of a global state, the, the push towards a one world, one government. What the book of Revelation reveals is that there will emerge a complete uh, global state that will have three components to it. It will be a military power, a political power, but also a. it will have within it a spiritual power so that all three phases of the human experience come under the dominion and the domination uh, uh, of one ruler, which is the Antichrist. And, you know, so this brings us to where we are today, which is in Daniel chapter 3. Because after the global state is is solidified, uh, Daniel chapter 3 uh, is where Nebuchadnezzar moves to make an image, which is what the book of Revelation says will happen in, in Revelation 13, that an image will be made to this Antichrist figure by a false prophet, which we'll look a little bit at today, uh, and it will require the worship, the institution of an economic mark where no one can buy, sell, trade, so forth and so on, except they have the mark of the beast or uh, they have the image of the beast or the number of, of his name uh, applied to their personal lives. But worship of the beast is going to be one of the chief component that enslaves the world. So that brings us to, to Daniel chapter 3. And there's many parallels that we can see here uh, with what the book of Revelation reveals to us. But And there's many details we could look at and explore. But for now, for now we're just going to look at just a few in our study today. So remember, after control is achieved, we come to Daniel chapter 3. So again, remember, what, what Daniel is revealing here is that a global state will emerge. And 
you know, I think, you know, just for a moment, you know, to talk about this, as it relates to our time, parallels of our time, it's very interesting that this global pandemic that has occurred um, has literally enslaved the entire world. It has caused the nations of the world to be shut down, and a new paradigm is emerging. A new situation is emerging, and and what we're seeing is 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 the movement of 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 a, of a global state, a global uh, surveillance state, if you will, is what's taking shape. And because we're beginning to see these kinds of things in earnest, and really they've been coming for decades but we're seeing it in earnest now. Um, it should be a signal to us here uh, in the church that, that, that the coming of the Lord is drawing near. But before the Lord returns, we also know, right, from the, from the prophetic scriptures that a whole series of events need to take place. But what, if we've learned anything from this pandemic is you can go to sleep one morning and wake up the next and the whole world can be changed in an instant, right? So... Right. Uh, <laughs> It's, it's, so what we're seeing is, is things happening and transpiring quickly. And so after Nebuchadnezzar institutes his global state, with him as the head of it, he, he's a type of the Antichrist, he moves to do something, which is exactly what the book of Revelation says is going to happen. Nebuchadnezzar moves to do something. Can you read that to us, Brother Jeremy, in chapter yes. 3, verse 1? Yes. Nebuchadnezzar, the king, made an image of gold whose height was three score cubits and the breadth thereof six cubits. He set it up in the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. All right. So there's many things we can learn from this as we discussed in part one, but let's just review them really quickly. So what do we see him do? Once he has that global state achieved, he then moves to, uh, to, to build an image. Uh, and, and and the Bible tells us that he sets it up, like you just read there, Brother Jeremy, in the plains of Dura. And, and we talked about that being very significant because the plains of Dura is in the land of Shinar. It is where Nimrod built the Tower of Babel. Back in Genesis 11, we talked about Nimrod being probably the, the, the greatest... Um, the type of the of the future antichrist the bible predicted would come in the last days and so it's interesting that after nebuchadnezzar has that vision in chapter 2 where he sees all the global empires we see that uh that nebuchadnezzar then moves to make a golden image and in daniel chapter 2 like we were talking about the image that he saw remember it had a head of gold it had the arms and the chest of silver. It had the belly and the loins of brass. It had legs of iron, and it had feet of iron and clay. And each one of those uh, metals that were used or described that made up the image that Nebuchadnezzar saw in his, in his dream represented, like we said, the, the future global empires that would come after him. Because when Daniel gave him the interpretation to his dream, he tells the king, Nebuchadnezzar, you are the head of gold. That is the head of gold that he saw in his dream. You, the golden head, represents you, Nebuchadnezzar. After you, there would come the kingdom of the Medes and the Persians, represented by the silver. After that would come Alexander the Great, 
represented by the brass of, of belly and loins of, of uh, brass. I mean, the belly of brass and the loins of brass. And then would come the legs of iron, which are the longest part of the image, which represents the Roman Empire. And then at the end of time, he says there will be it'll it'll morph itself into feet of clay and feet of iron, partly weak and partly strong. So when Nebuchadnezzar awakens from this dream and we leave chapter two, it's so it's so insightful by the spirit because immediately he erects a golden image. And and what he was doing, in essence, was seeking to to thwart the revelation that had been given by God of of the history of humanity and the global empires that will dominate it till the end of time. So when Nebuchadnezzar makes his image, it really is a reflection of the Antichrist, because the same uh, the same personality traits are, are are of the Antichrist, who's a megalomaniac, right? He's an ego he's an egomaniac. It's all about him. That's kind of what Nebuchadnezzar was doing when he makes this image. He gets rid of all the other kingdoms or the symbols of them, and he makes one image of gold. And he sets it up in the plains of Shinar, which is where the Tower of Babel was. And and it's as if he is proclaiming to the to the to the world that can see and to the world that cannot see, I am going to remain king forever. And so he's attempting in a very profound and dark way to solidify his kingdom over the entire planet. And that is symbolized by this golden image. The second thing that we see there is that what the image is, it's it's three score cubits, and the breadth of it is six cubits. And we talked about that. Three score cubits is the number sixty. Every cubit is every every cubit represents twenty. So, uh, excuse me, three score cubits represents uh, six separate uh, uh, increments of ten. And so it, when he was done, it stands 60 cubits high. So what that literally represents is the number 60. And those of you that are, are familiar with the book of Revelation, you know that, that, that John says, here is the mind that has wisdom as it pertains to the mark of the beast, right? He said, here's the mind that has wisdom. Let him uh, that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it's the number of a man. And his number is 660 and six or six 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 that's where we get that famous six 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 number so here nebuchadnezzar erects an image that is 60 cubits high and six cubits wide and in verse five we're told that it that six instruments are required to be played and then you worship the image so there we see 66 and six or the number six 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 being revealed in this story uh with nebuchadnezzar so we have the 60 cubits high, the six cubits wide, and in verse 5, can you read that, Brother Jeremy, verse 5? Yes. That, that at what time you hear the sounds of the cornet, flute, harp, backbutt, psaltery, dulcimer, and all kinds of music, you fall down and worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king hath set up. So there's the final six, right? Because he names six chief instruments that are going to be used and, and played and uh, in the ceremony of worshiping this golden image. So we have an image that's 60 cubits high, six cubits wide, 
And when six chief instruments begin to be played, they worship it. So that's 66 and 6. There we see the number 666. So we know by how the Holy Spirit is having Daniel the prophet write and record these events, uh, that these, immense, these event, events are meant to teach us uh, about the future Antichrist, the false prophet, the end of days. Because the same numbers, the same kind of uh, imagery and symbolism is revealed in Revelation chapter 13, which we'll look at in a minute. Brother Jeremy, could you read verse 2 now? Yes. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king sent to gather together the princes, the governors, and the captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, and all the rulers of the provinces to come to the dedication of the image which Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. So it's really interesting what, what what's being revealed by the Lord. There is a move by Nebuchadnezzar uh, in private, really, uh, as he begins to move and make this image. Now, when, when he's completed making the image and he has set it up, he then calls for all the, that list that Brother Jeremy just read in verse 2, the princes, the governors, the captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, and the rulers of the provinces, he calls uh, really the, the royal elite, the, the political rulers, the military enforcement. He calls them to a dedication. Notice the language. It says here, uh, he called all the rulers of the provinces to come to the dedication of the image. Notice there's no worship involved yet, but there is a dedicating ceremony that precedes what's about to come. It will be followed by worship, but it's first dedicated. And what we're seeing here is what I believe the Holy Spirit is revealing to us is that when we get to this time that is not too many days ahead of us, what is being revealed here is the same kind of situation will play itself out in the last day as it did in this time of Nebuchadnezzar. See, he reaches for the, for the power elite. He reaches for the military elite. He reaches for the political rulers, even down to the local level, right, the sheriffs. And so what we're looking at here is – <laughs> is I don't even know how to say this right, but it's and what we're giving being given insight here is that what first will happen when it comes to this beast system and the Antichrist and all this kind of stuff is going to happen behind the scenes. And it's going to happen amongst the ruling elite of the world. The 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 one percent, if you will, the upper ups, right? I mean, uh, they and, and look, this is this is really hard to talk about, but but they are the kind of people uh, that 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 are what's actually being revealed here. I think are are going to be the kind of people that that are unified with an antichrist and, and a false prophet, and it happens at the highest levels of power. Brother Fernando quoted yesterday uh, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 through 18, where Paul revealed that, that what we're dealing with are, are the demonic forces and the demonic powers, the, the principalities, the rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places, they're, and, and, they're, and, they're, uh, and they're, they're puppets, if you will, 
in the earth. And that's what we're seeing here. Notice that a dedication of the image takes place amongst these ruling elites. And, and if you don't think that can happen in our day, Brother Jeremy and I were talking about this the other day. You know, it, it, what we see here in verse 2 is really a secret cabal, if you will, right? The dedication yeah. must mm-hmm. take place first before there's an unveiling to the population as a whole. The same thing is going to happen. And it's quite possibly already happened or or something like it. And that's what we were talking about the other day. This is kind of where those of you who, who who are familiar with this, back on June the 1st, 2016, and I'm just briefly going to talk about it, there was this weird ceremony that took place uh, in, in Europe. It was the dedication of the Goddard Tunnel. And what the Goddard, Goddard Tunnel is, is, is the deepest, check, check this out, it's the deepest tunnel in the world. And right. it was du- it was dug uh, under the, the the Swiss Alps so that it could connect uh, Europe with with Switzerland and 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 trade routes could be opened up and yes. and when when they this took 17 years <laughs> to uh, to accomplish and billions of dollars were spent and what they did was they dug. Uh, underneath the mountains uh, and opened up a trade route that had not been opened or seen uh, across the Swiss Alps since the days of the Roman Empire, which is very interesting, right? And the tunnel was specifically opened for commerce in order to, right. to, uni- to unite Europe as one trading block. And at this ceremony, remember we're talking about the dedication of the image, a similar ceremony took place at the opening of this tunnel. The, the leaders of France, Germany, Italy, and many other high-level officials were gathered there, and and including all the leading religious leaders of the world, uh, were you know whether it was the Buddhists or the or the or the Muslims or the, or the Jews or, or 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 Christianity represented by the Catholic Church, and 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 the Anglican Church and all these other high polluting kind of guys, right? They all gathered and they went underground into the tunnel and had a ceremony there. And it was some kind of bizarre uh, occult ritual in the yeah. in the deepest tunnel underneath the earth, right? And they were dedicating the opening of this. But what made it even more bizarre is that it was a ritual that celebrated the birth of a child and how they represented the child was they lowered this this big baby-headed angel-like thing. They lowered it from the top of this, of this tunnel. They lowered it into the midst of all these world leaders. And then they had this bizarre parade, which I'm not going to get into all the – because it was really satanic ritual that was going on here. Absolutely. And they lowered this, this angel child, half, half man, half woman. You know, this woman had this big giant baby head with angel's wings representing Lucifer himself coming down into the earth. And they were they were mocking uh, this lamb that they were carrying. It was it was a symbol of a baby lamb that had been slain. 
and and they were mocking it. And then when they emerged out of the tunnel where all the dignitaries were on the other side in Switzerland, they did a ceremony where they 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 uh, they they uh, they portrayed the birth of a child, which they celebrated. And the child was the result of uh, of a goat man uh, being the father of it. Now, mm-hmm. what that has to do with opening a tunnel for a train? Nothing. Nothing exactly. So, what were they saying? Well, it has everything. It has everything to do with it, actually. Yes, it does. <laughs> go ahead, say something. <laughs> no, no, you know, it, um, it, go ahead. <clears throat> yeah, it was literally uh, their portrayal of the Book of Revelations uh, being acted out, but. Uh, but instead of the lamb being the victor, it was Satan as the victor. I yeah. mean, you can't make this stuff up. You have world right. leaders, you know, world leaders and religious world leaders at at the opening of this tunnel, okay? And and you have these 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 rituals, satanic rituals, and they're playing out literally uh, the plan, the 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 agenda of this one world order agenda that they're trying to bring forth in front of you. Yes. And you got you got all kinds of uh the book of revelation symbolism in this ritual. Mm-hmm. Which is crazy, right? Why 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 go to that extent? And I, I think they spent I don't know how many millions of dollars just to uh bring yes. yeah, you know, bring that whole parade there or or, or ritual. Just on the ritual yes. itself. They spent millions. Millions. Yes. You know, but 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 they're they're telling you, they're telling you just just like in the book of Daniel, this is what's taking place behind closed doors that the people yes. do not see, and the Bible gives us evidence uh, that these things take place behind closed doors. The Spirit opens up these doors; it unveils what happens at the higher levels of power. Psalms two yes. says this: Why do the heathen rage, and the people imagine a vain thing? The Holy Spirit gives us insight into what takes place at the higher levels of power being influenced by powers of darkness. Right? It says, the kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers take counsel together, one yeah. mind. We're speaking about that, the days of Nimrod, right? Against yeah. the Lord. There it is. Mm-hmm. This is what's happening. Whether you want to believe it or not, that's what the Bible says. It's happening. And against his anointed saying, let us break their bands asunder and cast away the cords from us, the cords of morality, the word of God. Yes, yes. This is what is happening. This is why we're spiraling down morally, spiritually, financially, as a nation and everywhere across the world. Because leaders at the highest levels are being influenced by powers of darkness, whether they realize it or not, they are. Whether they want to be influenced or not, they are. Because this kingdom is of the devil, this world's kingdom. At the end of the day, you have to understand this. And and, and let me just make this point, Brother Marty, and you can go on. Everything we, we've been talking about on uh, these last, I don't know, 40 podcasts, uh, it has to do with two kingdoms, and that's where you, as as the listener and the believer, have to make this mental adjustment. You you have to be able to see things uh, in this way. You have to see it spiritual. It's it, it's two kingdoms here. 
It's the, the powers of darkness and the kingdom of God. That is the struggle. And it's playing out here on earth. And the way that influence comes from powers of darkness is through political leaders, religious leaders, and that is how they begin to set in motion the plan of the devil on earth. So, yes, this is happening in our day. You know, it, it's, it's, it's possible, too, because you know, as we speak about that word dedication, what we read in chapter 3 and verse 2, this is not, you know, your normal, like, let's go to the park. We're going to dedicate this park. You know, let's all, <laughs> oh, let's clap. Yeah, exactly. No, no, th th there's an agenda. And actually, in the Hebrew, the word dedication, look what it means. So as, as he brought, as Nebuchadnezzar brought all these leaders, it means, dedication means, it, it, it's, a, it's a sort of a, an initiation, a consecration, right? A that, that, that's what it is. It's a, it's a, it's that's a, exactly right. It's right. a ritual. It's a ritual, yes. an initiation, the exact same thing which we were talking about that happened in the the Swiss the Swiss tunnels with the Gothard tunnel. That's what it was. Yes. It was a ritual initiation, consecration of sorts to have all oh. these leadership heads of nations to come in agreement mm -hmm. with the agenda of the Antichrist. Yeah, so, very powerful. Wonderful. Very powerful, and that and that is exactly what what we're talking about is exactly what I believe the Holy Spirit, why the Holy Spirit had Daniel record uh, in those two verses there that he assembled the 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 world elite. Remember, this occurred after Nebuchadnezzar solidified his his police state, so that the influence and the network of his power in the known world was was now established, and once that happened. He assembles the elite from all the nations, all the heads of state. That is what happened at the Goddard Tunnel. Uh, and, and why it's significant is because, remember, in Nebuchadnezzar's dream of chapter 2, when he gets to the end, just before uh, Jesus returns, symbolized by that stone that, that hits the, uh, the, the ten toes, partly weak, partly strong, when he gets to that part of his dream, He's seeing the end of the world. And and yeah. why it's important to us is because it's an outflow. Because remember, the legs of that image were made of iron, which represented the Eastern and the Western Roman Empire, what would actually happen, which would, which would go all the way to the end of time. That's what he saw. And then, so Rome has had its influence, and it has never left. It reemerged. Uh, in the form of the papacy, in the form of the Roman Catholic Church. It is what kept it in power. And what ended up happening was that under the Roman Catholic Church and, and the expansion of Christianity into the West, the world became developed. But the, but the, the smoke after the fire, if you will, of Rome was, was instituted for a thousand plus years coming out of the third century as it became the Holy Roman Empire, as they called it back then, and the Catholic Church. It survived. It endured. But when we get to the end of the image, it, it loses its strength in that it is partly weak and partly strong. And so it's quite possible that this ceremony we're talking about, and you can Google it and, and research it. It's, it's no state secret. 
Just just right. uh, Google the Goddard Tunnel ceremony. And, that, and that's, and that's what's sh- amazing, right? That's what's amazing, right, Brother Marty? It's 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 in plain sight. Right. Yes. Now, uh, here here in the book of uh, Daniel, they did this thing in secret. Right. But now they're doing it in plain sight in our day. They're not hiding True. their agenda, which is incredible. Because, because it's time. That's why. And also, right. you know, it is a it's a Luciferian principle in the dark arts right. of the world. It's a Luciferian principle, and it's a requirement of satanic ritual that what is done be done in the open when they yes. announce what they're going to do. That's 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 from the studies and and things that I've done and and and, and know. Um, that is one of the things that must be announced. It has to be announced. That's what they've done. They announced it back in 2016, just like what you read, Brother Jeremy, uh, and I'm glad you brought that out, what the Hebrew means. This dedication amongst the elite in Nebuchadnezzar's day of the golden image was, in fact, an, initi- an initiation, a ritual yes. that, that was setting it aside for the particular end game of enslaving the entire world and its worship toward the image. Nebuchadnezzar was shaking his fist in the revelation that Daniel gave him of the stone that would come and destroy the image. He was literally saying, we are not going to allow this to happen, and I'm going to be the one. And you guys that I'm dominating are going to help me implement this. I am going to break the revelation of the prophetic unfolding of human history. This is far deeper than what we have, you know, on the surface read. If you dig there, what is actually being said is I'm going to prevent the coming of the stone, the great chief cornerstone. And these, this ceremony that took place, like Brother Fernando pointed out, it was the book of Revelation in blasphemous overtones. Because right. everything about the book of Revelation uh, tells us that it, it culminates with the return of the king. In their ceremony, they twisted it and 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 kill the lamb, but don't allow him to come. And they 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 talked about in their ceremony there of the birth of a child. Now it's quite possible that what they were announcing and what they were oh man and what they were saying was the child has been born. And and it it is it, it's already here this demonic seed wow. and we're announcing it to the whole world. The wow. fact that all the rulers of Europe are sitting there and why I brought that up about the feet on the bottom of Nebuchadnezzar's image of chapter two is because that's what happened when the tunnel was opened. It connected the entirety of Europe and the European yeah. Union with commerce at its heart, which is another. Thing that has to do with with the economy and so forth and so on. So it is quite possible that what was also being announced is a revival of of, of the Roman Empire, if you will, uh, the beast state being healed, like Brother Jeremy talked about yesterday, the beast that was wounded being healed. This beast was wounded by the sword. The Bible tells us in the Book of Revelation, and and you all go and listen to this if you're getting lost right now, because we're not talking about Bible 101 here. There must be deeper study in the world, True. right? In the word, right. we're talking very deep study here. So, so when you talk about the healing of the beast, 
who had his wound by the sword, that symbolism for saying that Rome was wounded, the ancient Roman Empire was wounded by the sword. The sword, comparing scripture with scripture, uh, is the word of God. Yes. The Christian, the true move of Christianity brought Rome to its knees. And a counter move by the devil was to take that Caesar Constantine and turn him into the first pope, trying to dilute uh, Christianity and make it a global religion. It was never meant to be a one religion. It was meant to be one body with many parts expressing all the qualities uh, of the Lord Jesus Christ. So you see move and counter move throughout history. And so when we see this image being dedicated in chapter three of Daniel, we are literally seeing uh, a, a, an insight as to what is just ahead and what quite possibly the dedication part has already taken place back in 2016. One of the things that people don't realize is the specific date, brothers, they chose to do this. And you can go study. I studied this out years ago. I preached a message on this when it first happened. But I studied this out. And one of the significant things that I found out was that when, when this ceremony took place in 2016, it was on June the 1st. And why that was significant was because Saturn was in the sky. And these people are all about astrology and stuff. Well, in the ancient times, Saturn uh, represented the devil and his domain. And it just happened to be rising into the constellation uh, at that time. And it was very symbolic because they did the ceremony on that day. And why Saturn was chosen was because in the ancient times, they couldn't see all the planets. You know, but Saturn was the farthest planet away from the sun, the sun, the light. Uh, and Saturn dwelt in the farthest part of the solar system, which was darkness. And so when they chose this, and you can Google this too if you want to, June the 1st, 2016, and look at the, ast the uh, astrological, not uh, astronomy chart, uh, I mean the astronomy charts of the constellation, not the astrological charts, there's a difference between astrology and astronomy. Just look at the astronomy charts and you'll see the position of Saturn uh, in relation to the planet on June the 1st, 2016. That's why they chose that. Very symbolic. They were literally mm. celebrating uh, the, the the mythology of, of ancient pagan rites. And these are the leaders mm. of France and Germany and Italy and all yeah. the officials of religion. That's what they were doing. Celebrating the birth of a child whose father was half man, half goat. That's what that ceremony was about. That's about as descriptive as I will get. So just like we have an insight here of what Nebuchadnezzar did, that there was a separate dedication and initiation ceremony to this image, which re represents the, the, the Antichrist, um, the same thing quite possibly took, took place in June 1st, 2016. And they were announcing to us then, just go and, and do a news, uh, a quick perusing of the news throughout uh, the world since 2016 and look at what has happened i mean the world's gotten more violent there's been more natural disasters now we have this global plague and pandemic all of it moving the world in a direction that's unifying it it's it's as if a strange power is at work bringing the nations together as one to and united in order to combat a common enemy and, and that's what we see happening now 
in verse 4, something happens after the dedication, and it parallels the book of Revelation. Can you read verse 4? What happens after this dedication, Brother Jeremy? Then and Herod cried aloud, To you it is commanded, O people, nations, and languages. That at what time you hear, yeah, and then, go ahead, yeah, read verse 5. Read verse 4 and 5 again, would you? Okay. Then a herald cried aloud, To you it is commanded, O people, nations, and languages, that at what time you hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, dulcimer, and all kinds of music, you fall down and worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king hath set up. So what do we see here? First, we see, like we've just been talking about, the ruling elite and all those who can Im- implement uh, the, the, the demand to worship this image, uh, they have a dedication and initiation ceremony in secret. Once that's complete, we come to verse 4, which now mentions someone called a herald who cries aloud. This person... And what was being revealed here is what John reveals in the book of Revelation about the false prophet. The false prophet goes before the Antichrist and commands that everybody worship his image. Would you read that for us? Jeremiah, you got your Bible? Yeah, I got it. Open to Revelation chapter 13, would you? Yeah. Because this is where in Revelation 13 we see a herald appear after a dedication after the antichrist becomes the antichrist another figure appears are you there yeah what verse uh well well look at what what uh what john begins to reveal in in chapter 9 and then read it through 11 chapter 9 through 11 i mean chapter verse 9 through 11 sorry yeah oh okay and it says if any man have an ear let him hear he that leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity. He that killeth with the sword must be killed with the sword. Here is the patience and the faith of the saints. And I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, and he spake as a dragon. And he exercises all the power of the first beast before him, and causes the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast, whose deadly wound was healed. And he doth great wonders, so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. So there we see it. In in Revelation chapter 13, uh, all through verse 7, we see the emergence of the Antichrist. Once his power is established, the Bible reveals to us another one steps up. And his specific job is to exercise or invested in him is all the political and military power of the antichrist and this one we call the false prophet the one that rises up out of the earth revelation chapter 13 verse 11 he has two horns like a lamb he speaks with the power of the dragon however see he's a pseudo christian looking thing and that's why many people believe that what we are witnessing uh in that verse right there is a revelation that there will be a powerful spiritual world figure who appears to be Christian, he has the ability to unify the entire world, world's religions, 
but yet he is being controlled by the devil. He looks like a lamb. He he wears white robes and a little white yarmulke on his hat, his head probably. <laughs> he looks like a lamb, but really his power is to unify the whole world in the worship of the beast state and the one who's going to head it. So what we saw, and the reason I turned there is because, and stay there, Jeremiah, Brother Jeremy, this is what we see in chapter 3, verse 4 of Daniel, right? We see this initiation. We see mm-hmm. this ritual take place. And then, and then after that is done amongst the ruling elite in Nebuchadnezzar's day, and now what we're reading in the book of Revelation is going to happen in our day, and we're saying that quite possibly already happened. Then will come the second component, the second component. Uh, component like in the days of nebuchadnezzar a herald and we see his fulfillment in the book of revelation what brother um jeremiah just read is another one rising up out of the earth and his specific task like in the days of nebuchadnezzar is to call the world to worship he's a spiritual component yet invested in him is all the power of the global empire the two come together What's interesting, what Jeremiah read there in 13, verse 9, is the Spirit of God says, listen to what I'm about to tell you. He that has an ear, let him hear. He says this, he that goes into captivity, right, uh, must go into captivity. He that uh, killeth by the sword must be killed by the sword. Here is the faith and the patience of the saints. What John is revealing there is the same pattern that took place in Daniel, which we're going to see here in a minute, is that when this Antichrist figure begins to rise, and then followed by this herald guy that's going to come up in in verse 11, this false prophet we call him, John precedes the revelation of that by letting the saints know you're going to to have faith and patience because something's about to happen. Something is coming. But before he says the faith and the patience part, he said he wants them to know that whoever leads into captivity and whoever takes up the sword is going to die by the sword. He's not talking about the saints taking up the sword. He's referencing the Antichrist, and he's talking about him taking captive the saints of God. Can you read verse uh, 6 and 7, Brother Jeremiah, in in 13? What does the Antichrist do? And it says, and he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God, to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle, and them that dwell in heaven. And it was given unto him to make war with the saints, and to overcome them. And power was given him over all kindreds and tongues and nations. There, his, his, his kingdom is going to be established. And what does he go after? He goes after the saints, right? And this is what is happening in this story with Nebuchadnezzar, because what we're about to see is that Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, otherwise known as Shadrach, Mishael, and Abednego, this this worship of the image is going to expose them. It it, it removes any kind of protective cover they may have had to that point, because they are a remnant of the end-time church type and shadow of the end-time church, that it also is going to be exposed to an image, to a mark, to the worship of a beast. And any God-fearing, Jesus-loving saint of God can't 
participate in that. And the devil knows it. And so his final move to thwart and destroy the prophetic word of God is to try and rid the planet of any child of God on it. And he's going to do that by, by imprisoning, taking captive, and he's going to do that by killing the sword. But John says, right. remember, the ones that the, 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 the Antichrist who's going to take captive and the Antichrist who's going to try and kill you with the sword, the same thing's going to happen to him. He's going to be taken captive and he's going to die by the sword, the double-edged sword that comes out of the mouth of God. And so he says, the mouth of Jesus Christ. And so he says, you're going to need faith and patience because a trial is just ahead of you, a fiery furnace. And we know it's but for a short time, but you better wake up and understand that's what's coming. It happened in their day. It's going to happen in our day. And so we see what Brother Jeremiah was just reading there. This, this herald, this false prophet is going to arise. And that was what was revealed in Daniel chapter 3, verse 4. Let's go back to Daniel now real quick. Because, because the herald commands worship, just like the false prophet will command worship. And, and and there's so many other things we could focus on, but I don't want to go down those roads. We will, Lord willing, in the, in the weeks ahead as the Lord allows us to, to unveil these things. But we're beginning to see that what happens at this is designed specifically to expose the saints of God. Because once the herald shows up and begins to draw attention and tell everybody, everybody's got to worship this image, that's when... The saints of God are exposed. Can you read verse 8, Brother Jeremy? Yes. And, you know, Brother Marty, on on that word herald, it's not, you know, this is just a little small detail, but I think it's important to bring it out. The the word herald, it's not just any bulls or just anybody going out there and giving a message. Herald is what he's, he's an official messenger. Right. For Nebuchadnezzar. In turn, that's that's what the false prophet is going to be—the official spokesman, right? Yeah. <laughs> of 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 this. I just wanted to point that out. It's, it's not just anybody. It's an official. The herald that we're speaking about, that Nebuchadnezzar sent, was an official messenger from Nebuchadnezzar. Yeah, and, and and that's right. That's very good. And that's that's what we're saying, right? That that this was a foreshadow of what John reveals will be in our yes. time. And that's why we have to look for it. And because, well, like we, like Brother Jeremiah read to us, what you're saying uh, about this herald is not just some guy. You know, it's an actual official of the global government. But notice how he's connected with worship, right? Because he tells everybody's got to worship. Worship isn't going to be present until first there was a dedication of the elite and the satanic yes. power that governs them. Then comes the decree for worship. That's what we see. In fulfillment in, in Revelation, which is what we just read, because it says that he's invested with all the power of the beast before him, right? The Antichrist. Mm-hmm. He's given his authority, his authority and his power of the Antichrist is given to this one who demands worship, just like you so, uh, uh, you know, wonderfully brought out there about what Harold really means. So it's the yeah. act of setting up this image that exposes. And here we have the police state come into come into fruition as we read verse 8. Would you read verse 8, Brother Jeremy? Yes. Wherefore, at the time, at that time, certain Chaldeans came near and accused the Jews. And they accused the Jews. So the thing that exposed them 
was the beast system, right? This this golden image, this this false herald, this false prophet commanding everybody in the whole world to worship it. That's the book of Revelation right there. And it's an image, uh, Nebuchadnezzar's image. So it represents the Antichrist. It's the very thing that we're told is going to happen. What most people, and I don't mean to scare anybody, but if we don't tell the truth, we will be held accountable before the Lord for what we failed to say. And so what I'm going to tell you right now, it's not meant to sensationalize because I don't take these words lightly. And I'm not trying to, you know, give you a scary story at the campfire at our campground in, in, in the mountains of where I mean, right. this is the word of God. What we see here, what's being revealed here, which is declaring the end from the beginning, right, from ancient times, the things that are yet to be, God was revealing in this captivity story of what what it ultimately led to was 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 a global government one despotic egomaniac ruler type of the antichrist a herald the type of the false prophet and then these chaldeans are are a type of that police state that is going to accuse in their in their day was the jews the only ones who understood the real from the living god but this kind of persecution is coming it's already begun just look at the brothers in china you can't ask for much more right. of a police state than that, you know, and, right. and, and there and it's it the attack is specifically against anyone whose God is not the government. Brother Jeremiah, could you go over to Revelation chapter six real quick? Yeah. Revelation chapter six, because this is what's revealed there. It's it's the opening of the fifth seal. And <laughs> I don't know how deep we can go here today, but <laughs> The fifth seal is opened, and and something happens. Can you read that, Brother Jeremiah? Yeah, you want me to start from verse 1? Verse 9. Verse 9, okay. And it says, And when he had opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain, for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. Verse 10. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwelleth on the earth? And then he, he does what for them in verse 11? He says, And white robes were given unto every one of them. And it was said unto them that they should rest yet for a little season, until their fellow servants also and their brethren that should be killed as they were should be fulfilled. Now that's that's the scary part because what we're being told here and really the opening of the seals can be interpreted in many ways and we're not trying to be dogmatic here but what we are doing is trying to learn from the lord as to the pattern of human history the opening of the fifth seal and really the opening of most of the seals could quite possibly have taken place when jesus went into heaven and when john witnessed it and the unfolding of those seals and all that they have, the plagues, the earthquakes, the eclipses, all that stuff has transpired over the last 2,000 years. That's one way to look at it. But also it can also be an immediate thing uh, that happens in the, in the final seven years, 10, seven years of, of human history. Either way you want to look at it, the principle is what we're looking for here. Because what's being revealed at the opening of the fifth seal is that a whole host of people have suffered martyrdom. And and they're under John sees them in under the altar of the Lord crying out to God for vengeance for the martyrdom they suffered at the hands of the wicked. 
But then what's revealed there is, is that there must be a, yet in the future a little season where the saints of God um, that were persecuted and martyred as they were uh, also would enter into that, that martyrdom that's coming or that persecution that's coming. Now, lest everybody freaks out, you know, there's hope because the Bible tells us that not everybody's going to have to suffer that. There's there's right. people going through a lot of stuff right now, but there will be a whole group of us because Paul re- <laughs> reveals that, that we which are alive and remain at the second coming of the Lord, right, shall be caught up together with, with the saints of God and, and, and meet the, the Lord in the air and will always be with the Lord. So we shall not all die, but we must right. prepare ourselves even as these boys, right? Because that's what we're seeing. These Jews, I mean, these Chaldeans that came to persecute the Jews are a foreshadow of that antichrist police state that's going to particularly come after the the true believers of God, the true saints of God in this hour. We're already seeing it. It's already happening. It's been happening for decades. People have been suffering and dying for the cause of Christ. But what makes this different is it's going to be connected to a global state, to a one-world system, a one-world government, a one-world religion. And and out of that uh, will emerge a beast system tied to economics and the worship of a, of a state, the rejection of God, and the embracing of, of, of that satanic son of, of the devil called the Antichrist. It's going to expose the true believer. That's what's coming. That's what's revealed in, in Revelation 13, uh, verse 15. Can you read that, Brother Jer- Jeremiah? 13, 15. Yes. And it says, And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. There we go. So we see what the fifth seal is about. It's all connected because right after that comes the sixth seal. And then in between the sixth and the seventh seal, it appears that the Lord will return. But that's for another day. But what we're being warned about and what we must prepare ourselves for is the inevitable fulfillment of biblical prophecy for a season. We are told that the saints of God will be allowed to be uh, to be made uh, uh, individuals uh, that will be persecuted by the system, persecuted by a false church headed by a false prophet, and persecuted by the Antichrist. The difference between the image that will be made in our time, which is very interesting, we ain't got time to get into it, but and the image that we saw in Daniel chapter 3 is that that image was just simply an image of gold. But this image that's being revealed here is an image that will be given the power to speak and what's interesting about that is as technology has evolved in our day, in our time, more and more you're hearing all those sil- Silicon Valley nerds tell us that they're pursuing this <laughs> they're pursuing this thing called AI, right? This artificial intelligence. And that guy named Kurzweil, who's the head of research and development in artificial intelligence at Google, which controls the world, um, uh, his name is Kurzweil. He's saying that by the year 2030, we're going to reach maybe, if not sooner, uh, this thing they call the singularity, where 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 our 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 computer systems or or the software that's running them has been given over to writing itself, and it's going to reach the moment of consciousness where it's no longer machine 
it simply has become its own entity. Elon Musk describes it as a spirit or summoning the demon, like like Brother Fernando mentioned a few podcasts back. Interesting he uses the word summoning, right? I mean, these are all occultic terms, but they are looking for this moment when when what they have crafted, right? He, he causes them to make an image. I mean, we're already carrying around iPhones and where images are portrayed. We all got little laptops and the whole world is connected, man. And out of it is right. going to come what they're trying to say is going to come is a singularity. So this making of an image that then comes to life uh, is, is quite plaus- plausible in our time. And it and, and also when you dig into it, it's not just one single image. It's going to be multiple images because the people are commanded to make images of their own. How else is a man 2,000 years going to describe something like this? It's a technology of the devil that he's referencing. Right. I mean, we're already getting used to things like Alexa and Siri and all that stuff they're putting in our houses, right? The people that go have that stuff in their and they're talking. What are they talking to? <laughs> they're talking to a computer. They're talking to an algorithm. They're talking to artificial intelligence already. An entire generation across the planet has already been preconditioned for what's coming, whether they know it or not. And God tells His people, understand where this is headed. But it's only for a short season. Yeah, go back to Daniel, would you, brother, uh, brother uh, Jeremy? Because this is where God's people shine brightest. Because when this persecution comes, uh, it, it, and and it will, what we're told is is that it exposes the the true remnant church. And, and that's what they go on to say, you know, because those Chaldeans, they come they come to the, the Antichrist. They come to the police state and say, there's a whole group of people who don't want to do this. And, and right. didn't you tell us we're supposed to do this? And then verse 11, hmm. what does it say, Brother Jeremiah? I mean, Jeremy, what does it say? Verse 11. And whoso yes. falleth not down and worship that he... Okay. And, who's, and whoso falleth not down and worship it that he should be cast in the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. So in their day, they're literally saying, we need to destroy these people. That's what you said we're supposed to do. So, so, And that's exactly what the book of Revelation points out, right? The, the, the failure to worship this whole thing that's coming, he said, will result in, in, in many being martyred, many being killed. We see the same thing here. They, they went to the king and said, we, there's a whole group of people. They don't want to do what you said. And 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 and, uh, and and you said we're supposed to throw them in the fiery furnace, and and they, and then they expose who they are in verse twelve. Can you read verse twelve, brother Jeremy? There are certain Jews whom thou hast set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not regarded thee. They serve not thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. And this is powerful because this is the testimony of the end-time church, just as it was the testimony in the days of the Babylonian Empire. He says three things. This is their testimony. This is what's being talked about by by the sinners and the compromise, right? He says they haven't regarded you. In other words, they don't obey this law that you've made. 
and and so they're dissing you, right? They're disrespecting you, man. He says, this group of people, they, they're they're an annoyance. Everybody else is doing it, you know. Uh, everybody else is worshiping, but these guys aren't doing it. They don't. They they have no respect for your laws. And, and then the second thing he says is really interesting because this will convict all of us because right. what their testimony he says they don't serve your gods. Now. That really jumped out at me as I was reviewing it today because I said, hey, I've never noticed that before. That wasn't part of the deal, <laughs> right? right? The deal right. was fall down and worship the image. But they're not only ticked off that they're not obeying the law, they're angry because their testimony has been for years. They won't participate in worshiping any gods. In other words, they're not compromised. They don't have a little bit of that god and a little bit of this god. They they don't go down to the local bar and get drunk with their buddies. They don't go watch the the movie Houses of Babylon. They ah see you don't want me to talk like that right so <laughs> that that's what made them mad. They, they they don't serve your gods, but that wasn't part of the law. But still, it got under their skin. See, and as we get closer to these moments, a true church is going to emerge that will not obey yeah. the commandments of this this awful thing that's coming. And their testimony is they live a different, separated life. They do not participate in the culture, man. They they don't regard your gods. Where are you at in your walk with God? Can that be said about you? Can that be said about me? Are we willing to 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 lift up our lifestyle uh, and 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 be held under the scrutiny? Uh, 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 of the light of the lens of the spirit and if it's examined what will be found are there any gods of Babylon in your life because when there isn't you'll notice it gets under the skin of other people like these Chaldeans they knew that worshipping his other gods wasn't part of the deal but they threw it in there because it bugged them just like if you live a consecrated life before your family uh, who aren't saved or before your community that wants you to join, or even the backslidden church. Notice that it was just three guys here. When they started off back in chapter one, there was a whole bunch of them. And they all sat at the king's table and they all ate the king's meat and they all drank the king's wine. But these three and Daniel didn't remember the story. They separated themselves. They've been living like this for years. But notice they're the ones that are that are singled out because the compromised brethren that they came under the captivity with from Jerusalem, there's no mention mm. of them because they're mm. all part of this Babylonian system. That is that falling away church. That is right. that compromised church. But let me tell you something, your dedication, your consecration, your sanctification. I'm not talking about being some legalistic, you know, wear a bun so tight in your hair you look Chinese kind of thing. You know, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about an attitude of the heart and a consecration of life that so testifies of who we are. It's time, well past time, for there to be an incredibly distinct difference between those who claim to be the children of the Most High God and those who are in the world or in the compromised church. It's going to come to the surface, and it will be for a testimony and a glory for his children. And they will not worship your golden image, right? So one of the things I noticed, too, as well, is this, is this. 
Notice who's not there. Daniel, right? right? Daniel's not there. And it's been a conundrum for years. I mean, I've read all kinds of scholars and theologians. Everybody's got an opinion. Of, you know, he's down. He's, he wasn't called. He's like doing something else on the other side of the camp. I think the Spirit of God has him uniquely absent because he's trying to reveal something to us. Daniel's not present, but I think he's a veiled type of the Lord Jesus Christ in this story. Because he's been there the whole time, and and now he's not. And it's almost like the Spirit of God was saying, this is an end-time reflection of an end-time church. And, 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 and Daniel's not there. It's like Jesus isn't there. You know, he, he, this is an end-time church where the Lord isn't, but he's coming, right? He will appear in a minute because no mention right. of, is made of him. You know, no mention is made of him. And it, it's, it's a veil. If you can have ears to hear, it's really a, a hint from the Spirit of God that, that just as Daniel wasn't present, so the Lord wouldn't, was gone away. You know, he would go away up until this time. So like these three are the only three signaled out, uh, singled out, right? But but they really do represent the kind of remnant church like we talked about. They don't they don't regard you king. They don't serve your gods, and they won't worship your image. And then we know the story, right? The king gets angry, and he changes into this. It's like it's like he rips his face off, and he becomes this demon thing, right? Because they refuse to bow. Look at. Can okay. you read verse six? Can you read verse 16, brother, uh, Jeremy 16, 17, 18? Yes. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thy hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Praise God. I mean, Hallelujah. I mean, this is where we're coming to. This is a boldness and a quality of spiritual character. We've spent four days to this point to get to this point. Again, this is where we started, and then we went backwards and made our way back to this point because that is where we are headed. That is where we are right now. There are things that are coming in the future, as the Bible has revealed to us, that are really going to require us to make a difference between us and this world, between us and that which pretends to be Christianity. And it's only a few, trust me. Not everything that claims to be of Christ is of Christ. And, and and we're going to see, because when the heat comes down and it's already begun, it's already begun. People just can't see it, but it's already begun. We we, we mentioned one of the things back in 2016. It's only four years ago. The, the, the ceremony happened, and here we are, right? We're under global lockdown. <laughs> we're, I mean, come on. I mean, open your eyes and look. It's quite interesting that that dedication ceremony took place like we already described. And just a few short years later now, two, three years, four years later now, we have we have uh, the imposition of the framework of a global state coming together through all this. And, and what it's ultimately leading to is what we've been discussing. But here we see the boldness, the quality, the character of an end-time church as it was then, back then. So it shall be again. 
and, and, and remember, like we talked about the other day, they said, we, we, we don't even have to think about it, King, because he gave them an opportunity to change their mind. And that is the spirit of this world. When the heat comes down, remember what Jesus said, because iniquity shall abound, the love of many is going to wax cold. And, and, and he talked about such a time of intensity coming uh, when he said, then shall be great tribulation, such as has never been since the beginning of the world and will never be again. But he does say those days will be cut short for the elect's sake, for his church's sake. But look at what they say. They said, look, we know God can deliver us. But even if he doesn't, <laughs> we ain't going to serve your God. We ain't going to worship your image. And, 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 and we definitely ain't going to do what you say, okay? That's, that's a full testimony right there. And then verse 19, it's like the mask comes off. And we see the face of the devil, right? Because it says in verse 19, Then was Nebuchadnezzar full of fury, and the form of his visage was changed. Yes. Right? The form of it. Right. It's, it's like this face of Nebuchadnezzar got ripped off his face, and the real face shows up, right? It's like, ah, right? And he's just, he turns into, right. this, into this crazy-looking dude, man. He, 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 he's the devil, man personified i mean he's 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 there right and so and then you know the rest of the story right he heats the furnace seven times hotter which represents you know that purification process we're going through a purification process an hour of trial uh, is coming but the great ending to the story uh is is uh is they throw them in the fire right they were required to go through the fire See this this in many ways represents, you know, that, that battle of Armageddon that, that, that just before, you know, it, it all of it, you know, the martyrdoms, the you know, the the hiding, the whatever you want to call it, you know, the people are gonna be doing. I mean, who knows how this is all gonna unfold, but we do know one thing. We cannot take his mark, we will not worship his gods, we will not regard their laws. Either way whether we meet him by taking our last breath and being instantly in glory, or we have to go through this fire one way or another, we know we're not alone. And so when they throw them in the fire, can you read it, Brother Jeremy, in verse 23, 24, and 25? Yes. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down, bound in the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished, and rose up in haste and spoke and said unto his counselors, Did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said unto the king, True, O king. He answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt, and the form of the fourth is like the sun of God. Hallelujah. Oh, God. God. You see, this, this whole world's coming to an end. And yes, the Bible has warned us that, 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 that a time of trial is ahead. But you see where Jesus is. The fire did not hurt them. Jesus came right at that moment. It's, it's an Old Testament type. And even Nebuchadnezzar uses the term the Son of God. That's who's Hallelujah. there. The true church is going to shine forth in these times. 
fully prepared, fully grown up, and absolutely serving the Lord Jesus Christ. It's to this glorious church that he will come. He's going to appear in this fire. When it's all said and done, brothers and sisters, you won't even smell like smoke. Mm. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. And after that, the Bible says what? You know, the Nebuchadnezzar goes out and he has to confess there is no God yes. but the God of Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. There is no God but the Lord Jesus Christ. There is no God but the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess yes. that that fourth man in the fire, that Son of God, is Lord. Jesus is his name. Any final thoughts, brothers? This is the fourth <laughs> man. This is the fourth man. Amen. This is where all this study has been going and, and, and taking us to. The fourth man being with us in the fire. Praise the Lord. We pray that um, you have been blessed today. We pray that um, just as I've been blessed and this panel has been blessed, we pray that um, you would join us tomorrow and meditate on these things and and help us to tell others of what God is saying in this hour. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. And keep looking up.